With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. My name is Paul Mann, and I will be hosting this episode today, and I've been joined by Jordan Cottor. Hello, Jordan. Hey. Well, something happened yesterday. It was a Puskas party. It went absolutely crazy at the DW Stadium. Four minutes and 54 seconds to score a hat-trick. Can you believe what we saw yesterday, Jordan? No, not really. Um, Especially the game, the way it was playing out. Um, But, uh, you know, we've seen glimpses of of his ability before. Um, And to put it together, even if it was just for five minutes, it was good enough five minutes to bring home all the points, which is brilliant. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was sat there. I was on the phone, um, on the train. I was thinking, hang on, what what is going on here? Just getting this refresh. Goal, goal, goal. I was thinking, this is the dream Twitter moment. Normally, it's a painful <laughs> process watching Reading on Twitter, especially when we're away and it's just conceding. We're not having any shots. But to get a vital 3-1 win away at Wigan against a team that was in 22nd, We've stayed in 18th. If the game had been switched around and Wigan had won that game, it would have been a pretty grim scenario. It would have been ridiculously early, but there would have been a little pressure on Bowen, three consecutive defeats. But we don't need to worry about that because we turned it around completely. But let's talk about the first half. We will definitely talk about Puskas because the man was on fire yesterday. But in the first half, I've got to say, it was pretty bad for quite a lot of that from both teams. How do you, like, sum up your feelings in that first half, uh, Jordan? Yeah, it was, it was frustrating, for sure. I think, I think when we all saw the lineups pre-match, um, the big worry was where were chances going to come from, where was creativity going to come from. Um, and that's sort of the way it, it played out, really. Um, Wigan's goal came sort of not against the run of play, but didn't really come from any great pressure from them, um, conceding from a corner. And for the whole of the first half, you know, we really didn't look like getting back into it. There were flashes, there were moments. Um, I thought on a couple of occasions, um, McCleary, you know, managed to pull into quite good positions, getting in behind Wigan's midfield. Um, and actually Miazga played some really, really nice passes from sort of centre-back through to him. But, the, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is he's, he's a winger and we've got him playing as a, as a 10. Um, and I think he tried hard and he, anytime he got on the ball, he, he ran and he was very direct and he, 
he tried to sort of make things happen but in an unfamiliar position and and it just didn't ever really click um so that that first half was was pretty tough watching um and um and i'm sort of i assume that playing that formation it would have been hard to switch away pre-match um with all sort of thought that we've played quite well playing this style even with the losses i think to to leeds and brentford i think we've all sort of thought that um it's looked pretty solid but losing those two guys who are so key to that formation so key to it working um or certainly working going forward um to low to lose these those two guys i i can only assume that we must have lost them pretty close to the to um to the match because otherwise you'd have switched it um but when you spent all week preparing for a game with one setup one formation it's it's a big call to then scrap it all you know a day before um but uh yeah pretty pretty rough viewing that first half yeah the first yeah, half, half. I mean, there's a few things i remember from it and that was lee and moore taking free kicks in the first half <laughs> now where where did that come from now after the match um, Liam put a post up saying a picture of one of his free kicks saying, I'm going to tell my kids that went in top bins. Now, Liam, where was that bin? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> it was not in the DW. It doesn't matter now. But what were you thinking when he was walking out to taking those free kicks? Uh, to be fair, I was looking around going, I don't know who I fancy for free kicks. Um, I didn't think it was going to be Liam Moore, but um, I, I wasn't sure who was going to be taking them. I did think it was funny that you were sort of waving away Mate, saying, no, I've got this, I've got it. <laughs> um, he's clearly a player that backs himself. I think he fancies himself as a keeper as well sometimes in training, doesn't he? So yeah. they, they weren't the worst efforts, but... I, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't the best, they weren't. If I never see him take a free kick again, I won't be too, I won't be too bummed out. Yeah, no, no. I, I, yeah, never wouldn't be too soon, would it? I think it's kind of, I don't feel... I think Richards took some. Richards took one right at the end of the first half. Then Morrison flicks back to Puskas. Now, looking at it, initially I thought he should score there, but actually the goalie's very near to him and there's a Wigan player on the line. So likelihood he wouldn't have scored. But the reaction from Mate, who he runs into behind him, and Miazga, when he misses, I don't know, it's complete frustration. And after that, I said, we should substitute Puskas at half-time. Now, it is fair to say that has slightly backfired on me, <laughs> and I am very happy for that to happen, because he just turned into the Puskas after the game. It was just sensational moments in the second half. Talk us through that second half, um, uh, Jordan. And do you think the impact of the subs has been exagger exaggerated after the goals, or did they have an impact before? I definitely think that um, all the subs combined definitely are what led to, to that change in fortunes, for sure. Um, it didn't all click until they'd all been made. You know, they sort of drip-fed them in. I, I was surprised that Bowen didn't make a change at half-time, to be honest, because um, it didn't look like it was working. And he said, he said that himself, that he was tempted to, to, to go to a 4-4-2 at half-time. Um, but he didn't, and he sort of 
let it play on. And, and I think we went out with a little bit more attacking intent in that second half, um, but didn't still just couldn't put anything together. Um, Zhao came on and was holding the ball up a bit better and linking it a bit better, and it looked better then. And then Boye came on, and, and we know that he's a bit of a live wire. We know that he can make things happen. Oftentimes, he's sort of pretty frustrating. He's got a brilliant first touch, and he passes it into touch. And, you know, it's you never really know what you're going to get with him. And then final change, we had Adam come on. Um, and then from that moment on, it just all clicked. Um, the switch to 4-4-2 definitely, definitely helped. Um, you know, Boye had a good few runs at his man and that and that left wing and the, the goals obviously come from a brilliant bit of skill from him which we've seen hints of there's been a few occasions where um you know he takes an unbelievable touch or he has a brilliant bit of skill and it, it was him flicking the ball over the defender's head running onto it i know there's been plenty of controversy with the penalty i thought at the time when i was watching it, i thought it was nailed on um and then i was amazed to hear that watching a Quest highlight show afterwards that he was given for a handball. I hadn't realised until I'd watched it. I can't say. I think handball seems a bit harsh, although I can kind of understand it. I still think it was probably a foul, even if he was slightly on his way down to start with. I think it was he's absolutely clattered. But that was the key moment. That penalty um, completely changed the dynamic. Um, I think it was a huge call giving it to to Puskas. I was there, you know, nerves shredded when I saw he was taking it. Um, so to, to score it, to put it away, is such a big moment. And it could be a big moment that we look back at in a few weeks' time and, and really realise how big it was because it had been a really rough patch for him and the team. And I think you're absolutely spot on that I think a lot of, whether they'd say it publicly or not, probably not, but I think a lot of his teammates were losing patience a bit with the chances that he wasn't taking. Um, and I think, you know, there's probably a couple of guys on that pitch that fancied the penalty for themselves. I think Zhao had a little word with him and maybe wanted it, and I'm sure a couple of others would have, um, maybe Liam Moore. But um, I think um, to have the confidence to take it, knowing that all that pressure's on you, and to put it away was so, so important. And I think the next, whatever it was, three and a half minutes just wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have put that penalty away because suddenly he was the very best that we've seen of him. Um, powerful, skillful, brilliant finish for the second goal. Um, and I think that could we could look back at that penalty and, and really think it changes his season. And hopefully, you know, that is the case. Yeah. I mean, com combination of them play that happened there was um, just beautiful to see for the uh, first goal with the pass from Yadon and like I say the controversy and the penalty I thought it was a penalty seeing it back definitely I mean if that was done on a if a Reading player did that to an opposition player I'd say that's a penalty so I think that's the way I would gauge yeah. it sure. handball foul it's a combination of both isn't it really the second goal I mean this, that is that is pure class <laughs> you got to say to get that flick with his left foot, control it, then flick it through the Wigan player's uh, legs and then just take it looking like he scored 20 goals already this season. That's beautiful. And also moving on to the third one 
when GMAC wins the ball back, which he also did against Luton Town and went through and scored. This time he crosses it for Puskas and he just takes it so easily on his left foot. It's a confidence is flowing through him. But I just think going back to the player's reaction, if you look at when we had the penalty, Liam Moore couldn't really watch. He has a quick kind of prayer and he really wanted to score because he knows that that is not just in that one game. If he misses that penalty, that has a huge effect on his confidence. But he knows he didn't predict what was going to happen afterwards. But the reaction that he reportedly got when he went back to the dressing room after the game, all the players applauding and cheering his name. I mean, that has got to make you feel so good. And that's his first ever hat-trick in professional football. So it's a really special moment for him. And for all those Reading fans that actually went to the game, you probably nearly froze to death, but it must have been so worth it to go and see that moment. So how do you think that Mark Bowen has changed the team since he's come in? Because he's had a few games now. He's now up to six games. What do you think are the key things that he's changed, Jordan? So I think I think he um, he's certainly said it enough times. He's, he's making us ugly. Um, and I think he's gone in with a really not to sort of belittle anything he's done tactically or anything like that. But I think he's gone in with a really, really clear idea, which is if I get this group of players just working harder, a bit better organised, playing the percentages a little bit more just in terms of where we want to be playing our football, not in our own half, play it in their half. If you can get just those fundamental basics, you can get the really good hard work, then he knows that their quality will show through. It doesn't mean, um, I think we were all a little bit worried that, you know, that might curtail some of sort of Swift or Ajari's creativity, but it, and it has in some of the bigger games, for sure. We've been very pragmatic in some games, but I think he's picking and choosing his, his, his teams. You know, he said that, you know, oh, I think we should go out, we should go beat Millwall, we should go beat Luton. Yeah. And he said it for the next couple of games coming up. And I think in those games, he lets the players off the leash a little bit, um, but still with that foundation of hard work. And we know how talented a lot of these players are. I think that's been the big, big frustration for most Reading fans over the last few years is that like, you look at this team and, and there's quality there. We know that we know deep down that there's quality there and talent there. Um, and we know that, you know, Swifty can do what he's been doing this season. And we, and we know that, Yudem on his day is a brilliant, brilliant fullback. And we know that that combination of Moore and Miazga and Morrison in there now as well can be good. And it, we, we can all see that the pieces are there. But I think what we've also seen over the last few years is that, you know, a little bit lightweight, a little bit when the chips are down, they don't step up. Um, and that, that mentality seems to be changing. It really, really does. And even in the losses, you can't talk about poor effort, I don't think. You can't talk about, um, you know, horrendous um, organisation. You know, we've dropped a couple of goals, of course, and, and you can always look back at them and, and think you can do better. But I don't think we've really seen any games where we're just sitting there, you know, watching the defence, you know, through our hands, terrified of what's going to happen we look so so much more solid and if we can get that solid base and just play in the opposition's final third then we know we've got the quality and the players to do it and even something simple like the goal kicks 
You know what I mean? Like I'm more than happy to see our, our, our guys play out or try to, but it just goes against, I think one of his like real fundamentals, which is why are we playing in the, in our half and we can play in theirs. Um, you know, he, and he looks at the stats cause he, you know, he called up that one few weeks ago where he was talking about, um, you know, we won like 13 balls back from goal kicks or something like that. So he knows that um, that's, that's a real facet of our play. Just, you know, let's get it into their half and that's when you can start expressing yourself. Um, so I just think that the solid foundations that we now seem to have um, just will set us in really good stead to just pick up points in, in different ways as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah I repeated um, exactly what Liam Moore said to me in the podcast about let's kind of move the play up the pitch. That's fine. Let's defend solidly, but let's cut out all of that kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say aimless passing because there is a, an aim to it, but it hmm. can feel like that when you're watching it week after week and you're not winning matches. It's lovely if you can do that and you can be Barcelona. It's beautiful to watch. It's kind of like the greatest thing ever. But we don't have the ability to do that. We need to get results and let's eliminate areas where we can. So it just lowers the probability on sheer percentages of the opposition scoring. If they don't have the ball in our half as often and in our final third, they're unlikely to score as many goals just because it's not there. And it just works on sheer maths. Forget the football bit, it just works, doesn't it? So I I did a bit when he was talking after the game yesterday and he was saying that one of the major things when he came in, which we've heard from him say before, is that he didn't want clubs to keep on playing against Reading and they're going to have a nice game. That's a really big thing and exactly what you were saying about being in more nasty. But also about closing down the spaces. Instead of being three or four yards away when you need to be tight, actually be tight. And don't let someone else do that job for you. Do it yourself. And I think that's what we're seeing is the basic change of attitude. They're all covering each other all the time. And we've played Leeds. We've played Brentford. And we saw yesterday Brentford get a 7-0 win. And we also saw Leeds get a 4-0 win. Now, at no point in either of those two games that those two teams looked like they were going to do that to us. So I think that says a lot about where we are in comparison. I mean, do you think that's fair, John? Definitely, yeah. Um, I saw the results coming in yesterday and, and I jumped to the same thought straight away in that, like, those are two teams that can rack up serious goals. Like, Leeds haven't done it that much this season somehow, um, even though they've had, you know, real good dominance in most games. But you know with their attacking quality that they can do it. And Brentford, you know, have some unbelievable players and, and can score goals for fun as well. Um, and you're right. I, I don't didn't ever think that in either of those two games. You know, there were times you thought, oh, I'm not sure if we're going to get our goal to get back into this, but I didn't ever really think, oh, they're going to absolutely just steamroller over us. And it can be as simple as that. Like, we all want to have higher aspirations than just staying up this season, um, definitely. But one thing that I'm sort of saying under Bowen for the first time in quite a few seasons is... Um, I don't, I'm not really worried about relegation. And the win, you know, yesterday definitely helped because you're right, if we'd have lost that and we'd suddenly been looking over our shoulders again. But I just don't think the way we've played in the, the five, six games or whatever it's been um, under Bowen, there's never been that 
that feeling of um, we're in trouble. You know, maybe we're not quite good enough or maybe we're just a little bit sure. It hasn't quite clicked or, you know, we'd want to be more attacking. There's not been a single game where I've been worried about us in the bigger scheme of things. And that's not something I was able to say under Gomez because I'm, I was a fan of his and, and we had some brilliant performances, but some of them were still a bit scary. Um, it's not something I was able to say under a number of the last few managers. Um, so even if, you know, it all becomes quite dour and we can't really score, I can still see this team under Bowen just being able to grind out enough results so that relegation just won't be a worry. And once we get a few more places up, you know, once we're a little bit more comfortably in mid-table, then I think we could have, you know, some real fun this season. You know, the pressure off a little bit. I'm sure he won't say that. Um, but once we're, you know, no longer even thinking about looking over our shoulder, we can just enjoy, you know, some of the brilliant seasons that a couple of these guys in this team are having, really. Yeah, to win, yeah, like you say, it would be so nice to have that kind of like period of relaxation. And I agree, I don't think we're going to be relegated this season. I just can't see it. And the Gomez era, and all and previous managers, we also had the Yaps down. We also finished third in this first season. But well, there were some games, and Clement as well, when it was kind of, we were, we've lost control of this game completely. The opposition is just running all over us. And it wasn't always a good team. I remember when we played Ipswich at home in a game and for the first hour or so, they were all over us. It was chaos. Mm. And then somehow we managed to get back into it and probably should have won it in the end. But I'm hoping that in the next couple of games that we keep the momentum going. We've obviously got Birmingham and we've got Barnsley. Now, Birmingham, obviously, a couple of places above us, but those are the kind of games that we've got to be winning to move away from where we are and to stop that fear of relegation. And like you said earlier, John, uh, he's, uh, Mark Byrne has made us favourite in the five games starting yesterday. And I think that shows a lot of faith. I know what he's trying to do. It's psychology there. Mac makes sense. But I think we can get six points against Birmingham and Barnsley. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think it's certainly got to be the, the target. Um, I, think, I think you're right. There is a bit of... Um, and do you know what? The, the way it's played out in the end, maybe that Wigan game will, will be perfect and that it is a bit of a wake-up call that even if they make us favourites, or even if we make ourselves favourites, you can't just rock up and, and mm -hmm. do it. We're not that good. We, we, we're a long way short of being good enough to just do that. Um, so, you know, you still have to have the work rate, which I think we had yesterday, but you've also got to have the quality. Um, and I think he was pretty disappointed about the way that we we played going forward in the first half, the first probably 70 minutes yesterday. Um, but I think you're right. You've got to target those two games and say, you know, these are games that we, we want to go in and we want to win and we want to assert ourselves and we want to score goals and we want to keep clean sheets. Um, you know, Barnsley got a new manager, Birmingham are a few places above us. But I don't think you'd look at those two teams and go, oh, yeah, I think we're in trouble. I think you've got to be excited about, you know, what we can maybe do against them for sure. Yeah, I think we can do it. And hopefully in the next few shows, we'll be talking about some wins. I will be back with the preview show on Thursday night, maybe Friday. And I would hope to have good news via Ajaria by that point. Hopefully his illness thing has cleared up. Swift is obviously out for a lot longer. 
So then we start to move into the window of uh, transfers and uh, who's going to come, who's going to go, and all the rumours about loan signings that they're all going to go back and then they have to go and say, no, they can't actually do that. So let me just say, Ijari is not going anywhere (laughs) in the window (laughs) straight away. So that one won't be happening. He's going to be our player and, yeah, just can't wait to see him back. So thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed it, uh, subscribe. Remember, you can follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook now. And, uh, yeah, great week. Puskas party. Cheers.